In case you're wondering if being away for a week at, like, a podcasting conference reinvigorated my juices and gave me good comedy knowledge, today I thought, you know what would be a fun bit? If I started singing Country Roads while Blake starts talking, and then when Blake stops talking, he takes over singing Country Roads. And at that point, I was like, is this an improv game? Is this anything? Because I don't think it is. This is probably just another way of... heaven. West Virginia. No, you have to keep your thought going. That's the point. Blue Ridge Mountains. (laughs) No, no, you don't get the river. Life is older. (laughs) So now I have to monologue about... Younger than uh, yeah. How's your week been, though, buddy? Um, yeah. Country roads! Oh. <laughs> Take me home! You know, it was really great. I went to Virginia. I found out that they... <laughs> no, you know, as I'm just like, country roads! It was pretty rough. My dad died. What? It's like, what? Yeah, what? My whole family just burnt down. It was really Blow weird. like the trees! <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it's time! It's time, it's time for a load. And I'm talking about a load. A load of BS. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, a load of BS, the greatest show on the planet, featuring the two best damn men of all time, and I'm talking about he... The B to the L-A-K-E, that's right, it's Blake Tanner. And he's real uncomfortable at these stares you've been giving him over the camera right now. <laughs> it's just like, do you ever see that uh, video of, uh, it was a band member, and everyone said that she looked like Joffrey Baratheon, and just like doing these evil fucking little moves all the time. It's like, I'm gonna get you. I'm, I'm gonna a, get, get you. you. I'm gonna go for it. Get oh. you. Get you. And of course, making those stares, it's the S, Scotty Moore. I'm here, baby. I'm back from Los Angeles. L.A. boy, Angel Man. Hey, Blake, guess what's legal in Los Angeles? How much legal did you do? I didn't. I enough <laughs> <laughs> to a point where one night—that's that California shit's good. Cause I took two hits, and then I fell asleep and woke up 14 hours later. It destroyed. My favorite part was right before that. I ordered groceries because I needed protein shakes to keep me going while I'm out in that godless city of Los Angeles. So I ordered that, and because it would be cheaper for me to buy something else to reach the limit for free shipping, I also bought a bag of lemons that went unused and untampered with, meaning that the fucking cleanup crew from my hotel room Monday morning got to go in and just be like, why is there fucking lemons ever? There's so many lemons. And my favorite was as I, um, I've obtained the lemons and the protein shakes, I'm running to my room, at which point one of the founders of podcast movement itself steps out of the elevator and just goes, Hey, Scotty, how you... Is that, is that a big bag of lemons? <laughs> I said, yes, it is, sir. He goes... Well, you live your life. We'll see you at the party later. And then just walked on. <laughs> just like, I'm not got one of them got a selfie with me. They're like, I've, I've got to. And I didn't think I was that stoned. But then I saw the picture. It's on my Twitter right now. Fucking, I am lit. I'm lit to hell with like just this big smile holding my, my purchase sack of, of lemons, like my child in front of me. And, so, you just really wanted those lemons, huh? Is that the extra bit that you just needed to get you finished? <laughs> well, no, it was for two reasons. One, like I said, an extra few dollars, I would get free shipping, which would have been $12 otherwise. So I saved $5 by buying lemons. But I also read online that lemons can stop you from being too high. And I love eating lemons as it is, so I thought, oh, if I get too high, I'll just crack open one of these bad boys. Forgetting there's not a knife near my hotel room. 
No way! I was contemplating taking my keys and just stabbing into these limits like a madman. The best was the next day, because the next day I got high, then went to the convention, and as I'm walking around looking at all these booths of fucking idiots being like, yeah, we've got the newest, hottest microphones. If you'd like to come sample them and listen to your head through these headphones over here, it'd be real. As I'm doing that, I'm staring at them like, too fucking high for your shit right now bud and i had access to like an exclusive lounge so i ran up there got all the lemons for the tea that they make and just started scarfing them down like no i can't it must be gone from me it's like ah yep that boy is from a non-legal state that Oh, yeah, no, I met a guy at one of the, and he's like, oh, yeah, we do a podcast. It's a comedy show, but also it's about smoking weed. And I'm like, hey, fucking explain your shit to me real quick. Like, how, how, and I said it is a joke. He was like, well, we're actually uh, elevated above the ocean, and that actually helps a lot with growing over here and the advancements in hydroponics. I'm like, I made a joke, dude. You don't, you don't have to give me the lesson on weed. I'm good. It's, dude, I know enough that I need to know. Yeah. I, I will leave your podcast to the professionals, my friend. I just want to, like, can you just give me some? <laughs> Dude, that that is the weird thing about being from a non-legal state and getting... Firstly, I did not go to a single store this week. I had it all shipped to the hotel. That, but at one point, I had to get a, an exchange because I got the wrong thing because I wasn't reading because I was still nervously like, I'm buying weed like a dirty, nasty boy. But so, I'm doing it legally. Well, no, because even then, when I had to do the exchange, I walk into the middle, like, with my back turned to him, like, you got the fucking shit? Okay, here's here's that. Like, give me that. Put it in my fucking pocket. Put it in my pocket as fast as I could. Like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not doing the weeds. Stop, mom. No, mom. Mom, stop. <laughs> now, I do have three things that I did in L.A. Okay, but I can't tell it because. Well, I, hold on. I didn't do these things, Blake. The three things I'm about to describe to you. We're not done by Scotty Moore. You didn't do this thing. Of course, buddy. This was my good pal Gurp. <laughs> Gurp, he came with me. He's my assistant. It was, uh, it, wait, it was Harold, wasn't it? It was Harold. <laughs> Harold did all. No, no. Well, that's his middle name. It's Gurp Harold McFitzens. And see, here's the thing about Gurp. He's a real sassy boy, and he... He likes getting off on trouble, and when we went to Disneyland, which I'm gonna get into later, make no doubt that I'm going to talk ad nauseum about how dope Disneyland was. Right. Gerp had to go ride uh, It's a Small World because his mother was like, I haven't been to Disneyland since I was a child, so please go ride my favorite fucking ride It's a Small World. Thanks, Mom. Sorry. So I'm getting some flashbacks to the time that we played that. RPG, the the one that Jim designed, yeah. just how much you did not want to ride It's a Small World. It's real. I did it because uh, Gurp did it because <laughs> Gurp's mom really loved the ride when she was a kid. So I get on there and I firstly... Wait, you, I, you get on there too? Well, me and Gurp, we shared a boat. Um, but behind us was in fact a couple who looked like they've been together at least 20 years Woman dressed like Donald Duck. That's cute. Man dressed like Daisy Duck. Less cute. And I spent the rest of the boat ride, Gurp, I spent the rest of the boat ride talking to them while Gurp sat on the most iconic theme park ride of all time. It's a small world. And vaped so fucking much. Just fucking lit up. It's a small world. The whole thing looked like it was a fucking cloudy Pirates of the Caribbean ass ride by the time Gurp got done with it. You gotta wonder, is that a problem at Disney World now in the dark rides? Do they have a way to stop it? The, the, yes, they probably have to. That's why Gurp was taking in the suck-in hold until the vape dissipates inside of you and then exhale 
technique. N- nothing I'm too experienced with. Oh, of course, or, or, of course. Or something that I learned at a church once. <laughs> so that happens. Uh, GURP has him a good time there. So that's the first GURP situation that happened. The second one is that me and GURP stayed at the Millennium Biltmore Hotel, which I just thought was an old fancy hotel in the middle of downtown Los Angeles. No, no, no. Turns out this place was home to JFK's camp during the, his initial election during the Democratic National Convention. Ghostbusters was filmed there, the, where they capture Slimer. Yeah, the, the, the big hotel scene with the fancy man. That's the hotel I stayed at. Also, it served as inspiration for the Tower of Terror because it was inspired by old 20s LA hotels. So that's where ta- it was why Tower of Terror existed. Also, it's haunted. Haunted by possibly the victims of the Black Dahlia murder. Neat. So keeping all of that in mind, perfectly historic hotel. Uh, it's almost like walking where Shakespeare walked. The first thing Gurp did was just jerk that dick so hard as soon as he got in there. It was full on like, yes, I'm going to add to history. Gurp's yelling at this at me, making eye contact. I'm going to make my own history in this hotel. So in how many years is that going to be the hotel that is known as famed podcaster Gurp's just whacked it here once? Oh, man. Do you know how... Do you know who's beat their meat in this fucking hotel? I can tell you something. JFK, Dan Aykroyd, and Gerps. <laughs> I mean, one year they're going to have to rename it to Gerps Wacken Shacket. Wacken Shacket. <laughs> so... The final thing Gerp and definitely not me did, Gerp might have smuggled drugs into Alabama. (laughs) And Blake, I can't speak for Gerp, but he did look me in the eyes after we landed and said, never fucking again. Because I, me and Gerp have a bit of a mental link. I can really read his thoughts. Um, it was all fine until Gurp's fucking wife found out and started texting him nonchalant, completely getting him anxious. But Gurp was smart. Gurp did sit by a Dunkin' Donuts. That way, any weed smell from his bag would be masked by donut smells. Gurp had a lot of theories that were made that day, Blake. You know, Gerbs could have just sent it ground USPS to himself in Alabama, and as long as he covered the smell, they wouldn't have checked it. Yeah, but that would have meant Gerp would have had to pay for more shit, and Gerp had to spend a lot of money this week. Okay, <laughs> you know what? Gerp, Gerp risked, Gerp risked, you know, federal charge, but it's fine. <laughs> Once again, though, not me, Gerp. Gerp did this, and Gerp was fine on the plane. That was all good. But then when we landed in Charlotte for a layover, Gerp has his bag, and he's trying to get it to the next gate. He's really rushing it. And he gets on a moving sidewalk that propels him cannon-like directly in front of a drug-sniffing dog. At which point... Gerp shit his pants, and the propulsion got him all the way to the gate. Now, did Gerp? I assume you talked to him after this. Did Gerp think that if he looked like he was in a hurry? Uh, <laughs> and well, I th- I believe what that was. Uh, Gerp realizing, don't look like you're in too much of a hurry, because then they're gonna be on to you. And then when we landed in Atlanta, that's where the third of Gerp's uh, prophecies came true, which is. Get in the middle of a big group of people. That way, I just now realized I'm kind of teaching people how to smuggle drugs on our comedy podcast. Hey, Scotty, people who know how to do it can do it much better than GURPS. (laughs) So, uh, GURPS' final was if you stand in the middle of a group of people and walk with them, 
the stink will get dispersed by the other people's stink around the outside. So that's what Gurp did for the rest of the day, was make sure he was not five feet from another person. Had to mix stinks the whole way until he finally got out and got in the bus and just was like, oh, fuck. Oh, thank God. And that's when Gurp said, never fucking again am I doing this dumb shit. You like Gurps? I I appreciate you went for the experience of doing it once. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, now anytime we're playing like Never Have I Ever, and if anybody's like Never Have I Ever smuggled drugs into Alabama, Gurp can put that finger down. <laughs> yep, Gurp's Gurp. there, baby. You know what? Gurp can. Only Gurp, though. Too bad yeah, you can't. I it's can't. Real sad. I cannot do it because I did not do these things that I'm saying. It wasn't I who jerked off in the ghost hotel. <laughs> Twas not I who vaped on It's a Small World. And definitely, Twas not I that landed in Atlanta National Airport with too much weed in his bags. Uh, you know what? I don't understand why Gerps would have to, like, cover up the first two. The third one, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> Gerps a very shy boy. <laughs> Actually, no, 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 he's not. He's very nasty. In fact, the day we got home from vaping on It's a Small World twice, did it twice in a row, he was just like, I get off to the, to the na- naughtiness of what I was doing. And I'm like, Gerp, we have a second room. You can go over there, bud. And he's like, no, I need you to watch. I'm like, Gerp, stop. And that's when I realized Gerp was a ghost that I carried home. Is this when you realized that you had multiple personality disorder? No, that was a long time ago, <laughs> bud. That was a long time ago. I do also want to uh, tell a story and salute some heroes from uh from my LA trip and it's from when I went to a little bar known as the Seven Grand. It is a whiskey bar that is two blocks from the hotel I was at and I'm shocked I only went once. But my pocketbook is very happy I only went once. Do they have it- a do they have a person outside going, "Hey bud, you like whiskey?" No, no, they put in that southern I like that uh, the whistle, the whiskey. You like that? Whiskey? Yeah, there it is. Mm, hey, do you uh, like so, that whiskey, no, boy? <laughs> no, 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 no. So I went there earlier in the day and got dinner. Then that night went up to the actual whiskey bar. And Blake, the whiskey bar has one of those ladders they have at big fancy libraries that you could climb and slide across on. It was so dope. And so I asked him for like three, two different scotches that I really like. They didn't have those, but... Because I knew a lot about Scotch, he was intrigued with me. So he was like, I'm going to give you a pour of this Lagavulin 16, and then you've got to go in the back and ring this special red bell. And when you do, and I'm like, this is a fucking prophecy. And he goes, and when you do, long was it foretold that some (laughs) ginger bitch from Alabama is going to come in here. And he's going to take us for all the whiskey we're worth. So uh, I then go in the back, ring the red bell, and there's a speakeasy whiskey bar in the back with cigars and fucking even more whiskey than in the front and i went i will be here thank you so then i had to wait i got a cocktail i got a penicillin made by the most angry bartender in existence not in his actions just in the fact that if he had to muddle something he murdered it it was just him jamming into shit and just screaming and i'm like i don't want to be near you ever again you're the worst you're a very violent man. So I finally go back into the back, into the fancy place. I order a cigar, three Irish whiskeys and a flight, and then a very good scotch I've been meeting to try. And also three pieces of Irish chocolate candy. <laughs> ah, so this is when Los Angeles, like, fuck punched you in the face <laughs> and took all your money. No, no, no. Because at that point, Blake, I only had gotten flight pours, so those were like a third of the normal price. So I was good there. Didn't pay for another drink in the rest of the night. I just spent the rest of my night mooching. Mooching at the... Because this place has bottle lockers. And a bottle locker means you buy a bottle from us, we keep it here. Anytime you come back, you have instant access to your bottle and instant access to this bar. People behind me had a $300 bottle of fucking Japanese whiskey. I tried. 
The bottle was taken before I could try it. Oh, I want it. Oh, I love Japanese whiskey. But then, in front of me sits down the most lovely couple I've ever met in my entire life. And at one point, it's Valentine's Day, by the way, and I decide to ha- you're take- in, you're, you're in Los Angeles on Valentine's Day. And I decide- your wife is at home. It's okay, because I then decided- to ruin their Valentine's Day experience by making Scotty Moore a part of it. So (laughs) I start talking to them about their whiskey. They have some Buffalo Trace that they've got. It's a very good whiskey. We've talked about it on the show before. Oh, hey, you got that Buffalo Trace? Yeah, this is... Hey, I'm Scotty. This is my friend Gerps. Oh, we're just (laughs) going to introduce... We want to talk about that whiskey. Gerp was so fucking stoned and cum-drained in the hotel, he had to just chill. So it was just me that night. Gerp went a marathon 12 hours jack in there, man. <laughs> so, at that point, I sometimes I wonder why my parents don't listen to this show. Anyways, so I keep talking to them. The Buffalo Trace is a unique picked barrel that the bar picked themselves. So this is a single barrel release of Buffalo Trace. I go to the bathroom. I come back. One of my glasses is refilled, and I look over. The dude winks at me, stands up, and sits at my table away from his wife. Oh, shit. And so he gives me, a bu- like, the Buffalo Trace. It was fucking phenomenal. And me and him keep talking back and forth. He really likes my hat, which is available at merch.aloadofpurebs.com. So you know I had to shield the boy. I'm glad you did. Good, good. And then is one- this when he asked you to join in with them? No. <laughs> no, this is Is this is when where- he asked you, hey, uh, you know, I'm glad you like the whiskey. You li- Do you also like to watch? Oh, I thought you were going to be like, do you also like my wife? <laughs> But no, at that point, he turns to his wife and goes, honey, I think tonight's getting special, which actually now after what you've just said makes this a little creepier. I think tonight's real special. I'm going to bust out the Blantons. Blantons is a very... (laughs) The audio listeners cannot see the look Blake just gave me, but it is a single barrel custom pick of Blantons, which is like... Gotta be an $800 whiskey, right? All $800. Yes. <laughs> and so they bust out the Blantons, and I'm sitting there like, I'm the friend now. I get the Blantons. So now I get a giant pour of Blantons. That fucking, it sucked my dick. It blew me out of the water. It was so good. So that was good. <laughs> and we just keep hanging out, and we keep talking. And then at one point he goes, it's a real special night. I want to get a third bottle. What? <laughs> you can what? go even further? That wasn't the best you had? I'm like, let's go. Well, no. You're about, These to, are the put, two. What, you're about to go full power? You were only using <laughs> 10%? Is this your final form? Well, no, this is the best because this is not one they already own. They want me to help them sample new bottles to determine which one they're gonna buy. So we got like a High West Double Rye. We got one of those, the Nika Japanese whiskeys and tried that and like whole time smoking cigars, being assholes, eating Irish chocolate that was $3 for a tiny piece. And so finally we settle like, that Nika's very good. Let's go with that one. And then he goes, you're Scotty, right? And I went, yes. And then he wrote down on Valentine's Day, the day where he's out with his wife, writes down all three of our initials and puts that over the bottle so that they know that's theirs. And I'm staring like, motherfucker, you know I'm never coming back here. I have none of your information. I don't need to be included in this. Oh, but you are! That was... That was... that. Okay, this is my new theory. That is better than sex to them. <laughs> you have just been indoctrinated into some weird whiskey love pact. I don't care. I'm fine with it. Because he was just like, let me write down your name as well. Let's put all three of us on here. I'm like, okay, bud. You keep doing that. That's all cool, man. Uh, you can get Glanton's uh, shipped to Alabama, by the way, so. Shipped? Yeah. 
You can get it if you get a bottle, a specific bottle shipped to a local ABC, they will hold it for you. Oh, okay. I, I see what you mean. I thought you meant like shipped to my house. <laughs> like, okay. I wish. Let, I mean, then this. again, the ABC is five minutes from mine, so Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, for now, Blakey T, I don't have a pitch this week. Instead, I've almost got a cross promotion with our other show. You paid for this. Because we've only got like five minutes to run through a few of these things. But we did watch Master of Disguise this week. The episode should have come out yesterday. And I will apologize to you publicly. Fuck, that movie is a lot worse than I remember it. It's so much worse than I remember it. It has so much that it could have been like a wonderful movie. And I choose to remember the good parts. Like when I almost died at the Turtle Club again. Yes. Well, I did find uh, fucking that was Adam Sandler's idea and other revelations from the Master of Disguise commentary track, which is honestly the best thing I've ever read in my entire life. Uh, let's see. I arrived at an FYE in suburban Massachusetts, a defeated woman. I was technically in town to see my brother graduate, but here I was fishing around for a copy of The Master of Disguise so I could listen to the commentary. It's been five fucking years since I graduated high school, and what do I have to show for it? A copy of Master of the Fucking Disguise on digital video disc, you idiot. I wish I had that much five years after I graduated from high school. Um, the first lines from Dana Carvey as the commentary opens. You've clicked on something fun. As if, and Carvey flatlines as the film opens, as if he meant to say, I'm going to make a joke about masturbating to Bo Derek in a minute. And boy, is he right. <laughs> and he, here is some of the intel hidden about the, in the uh, commentary track. The director spends a lot of time during the commentary track explaining to Carvey the direction he decided to take, which his star takes in quietly. It's not unusual for Carvey to mention that the movie had a smallish budget of $16 million, particularly during the handful of bloopers that remain in the final cut of the movie. Motherfucker, what? Take the moment when James Brolin, disguised as Olympic runner, steals the constitution for villain Devlin Bowman, and the entire frame jumps half an inch as the disguise reveal turns out to be sitting the villain in the same-ish place with a different actor. We, uh, we ran out of money. (laughs) Where did all the money go? Well, when you ask Paula Abdul to choreograph a 20-second dance to Gloria Estefan's conga, pay $17,000 in royalties to make a lifeless punchline involving the lyrics to Papa Don't Preach, and make a fully licensed 30-second reenactment of Shrek, it's clear that $16 million went pretty quick on this flick. You know what? When you put it in that context, with all of their stupid, lame-ass callbacks, yeah. like, they essentially half of that movie is an episode of Family Guy before Family Guy was a thing. Oh, this next bit. Dana Carvey pulled on a woman's face aggressively without being asked. Because at, be- at the beginning of the film, the grandpa disguises himself as a woman, a.k.a. just being a woman. It wasn't in the script for you to pull her face that much, Blake, the director, said of this sequence, in which Grandfather Disguise shows Pistachio that he can even disguise himself as an underpaid, unhappy actress playing a maid. (laughs) You just sort of started to pull at her skin and we were laughing. That woman was a trooper. No, Dana, that woman was a casualty of the business we call show. No, Dana, that would not have... Flown 20 years later. Yeah, uh, completely abandoned the dog subplot that we talk about on the commentary. The fact that the dog is actually the grandpa the entire time. We got a note from the studio that they wanted to make the grandfather go away, which is the most (laughs) five-year-old thing ever. Carvey explains over a scene where an expositional pop-up book dictates that the grandfather must go away for absolutely no reason. Why did they want the grandfather to go away, though? I don't know. Producers eventually demanded that the dog subplot be written out, and now there are a series of unexplained lingering shots of the dog in the first two-thirds of the movie. 
I honestly think it was the stupidest thing for them to write out that dog subplot because we were we you had zeroed in on that specifically. Like just like that's gonna be the reveal, that's gonna be it. And it went nowhere. And it's like, look, if we can call this shit Yeah, then everyone else is gonna be up your ass about it. No one on the track mentions that Dana Carvey was in fact in full brown face. Instead, they dodge the subject and are racist towards an entirely different group of people, saying we had him say India, not Afghanistan or any other uh, Arab countries, he assured the audience. Jesus. Um, let's see. Of course, the bit where the turtle bites off the man's nose, that was entirely Adam Sandler's idea. Dana Carvey says, I never saw that until just now. And apparently Carvey's shitty wig was directly inspired by Sandler's even worse wig from Little Nicky. So wait, he had never, he'd never seen that bit. What? Yeah. I know exactly, and but he also, had to act it out. Well, you you didn't get to see the nose come off in real life. You didn't actually bite him. Uh, no, but they acted like he did. Oh my god! Wait a minute! Holy shit! The slapping dummy actually had that little guy in it throughout the whole film, and they had three alternate endings involving the slapping dummy man and, uh, revealed. So there's, like, they put more thought into that one bit than the entire rest of the movie? Dana Carvey had no idea the movie had nine fucking endings. The closing moments of the Master of Disguise commentary track are both the hardest and where the best information is uncovered. While many have been baffled by the nine different endings posited by the filmmakers to reach an 80-minute running time, Carvey is perhaps the most audibly perplexed and confused at all. One of the early alternate endings taps into the film's deeply sexist themes with pistachio being susceptible to women with big asses. I thought that was going to be on the DVD, Carvey oh. muses. Fuck me. I know, it's just him going further, further down the rabbit hole of Carvey just slowly being like, I feel like the end credits are a whole nother movie. Carvey half laughs around the fourth ending, where they're steadily running out of credits, but still have seven minutes of movie to fill. We're going to submit it to the Academy, Blake, the director jokes. Carvey says nothing. Two endings later, spent in silence, I like to think Carvey is checking his razor phone, wringing his hands, and tearing up. It's not over yet, Blake mumbles. <laughs> it's such a good, good, terrible thing that exists, Blake. I'm so happy we watched it, and also I'm not. Well, it you know what? We have past Blake to thank for that, and I, for one, am angry at him. It's very buckwild of a film, and it's weirder to, like, edit the commentary track for it, because I don't get to watch the movie, I just have to listen, meaning <laughs> there are numerous bits where all, it would be complete silence, and then I would just hear Blake go, THE FUCKING TURTLE! DAMN IT! Out of nowhere, complete silence, and then I hear that, it's so good. But, Blake, if people want to find out how to get access to this exclusive commentary track, I think we need to tell them, and I think that means a trip to the shill station. Turtle, turtle. Oh, I'm sorry, ding, ding. I'm going to be a master of disguise. I'm going to be a master of disguise. I'm going, but I'm only going to be one. If people go to patreon.com slash a load of BS and donate a little bit of cashola over to these beautiful BS boys right here. And what do they get, Blake? Uh, Patreon.com slash a load of BS. Well, actually, Scotty, you get, if you donate just $5 a month, it makes you an official BS Moon Marine. Moon Marine. You get access to all of our extra programming, and that is... Everything that's not our free podcast, so it's not, uh, it's not BS. Wait, it's hold not... on, wait, wait, 
So now you're just saying everything that they're not getting. You already get this. You already but... get all of this. You get fight boys. You get opposite attractions. No, you get no. If you you get wrestling history X, an exclusive wrestling history show. You get you paid for this. Where me and Blake watch. A fucking terrible movie where Dana Carvey does brownface. There's me also. There's FAQ. We got four additional monthly shows for you to check out over on patreon.com slash a load of BS. And you get shouted out on the show of your choice every single week. Like Associates Anonymous. It's an awesome podcast. I've been on them before. I love them. You guys need to check them out. Like my mom and dad. Like Gazi, Salty Frank of the Seven Seas. They're all on there. They're all donating. So why aren't you at Patreon? com slash a load of B. Yes. You know, that's fine, but what if, Scotty, just, just what if somebody else complimented you on your hat that you're wearing in Los Angeles? Where could oh. they get that? <laughs> if some other weird fuck wants to come up and be like, I like your hat. You pick the one We will day also I'm- take donations of whiskey bottles. Full whiskey bottles. We'll take those as donations if you go to co.fi.com slash scottymo you can give just me money if you don't want to give Blake money you just donate to my coffee anyways merch.aloadofpurebs.com is the website where you can get merch for all your favorite BS network programs we got some sick merch on there we got shirts we got posters and we got one more important thing what is it Blake? Kips we got cups. cups. They're technically stemless wine glasses, but let's cups. be honest. When you look at it, it is a sippy cup for adults. So it is the BS boozy sippy cup. And the only place to get it is at merch. Download of pure BS. Ladies and gentlemen, the following event is scheduled for one clusterfuck and is set to occur in Birmingham, Alabama. Introducing first. He is the bearded man from the Badlands, the absolute Badlands, Scotty Moore! And in the other corner, sporting the modest, plaid on plaid on plaid, the man with the plaid crown, the plaid is plaid on the plaid, the man who knows nothing about wrestling and everything about plaid, Blake Tanner! I'm sorry, was I supposed to do something there? I thought this was just you two. Oh, no, yeah, no, oh, that's oh, Dylan. Hey, and Dylan. Then, <laughs> and we are the Fight Boys, and it's a show about professional and not-so-professional wrestling. Make sure to check us out, because when you're a Fight Boy, you're a Fight Boy for life! So, Blake Tanner, we uh, we didn't do the show. <laughs> We've not done the show yet, because, of course, this is a podcast all about brainstorming. It's coming up with the next hot thing for Hollywood. I just came back. They wanted all the ideas, but, you know, we still need to feed them a few more to keep keep the big wigs hungry. So what are we bringing to the table this week? I don't know why this is my voice now. You know what? We're just going to go real hard and real fast. Um, I think we could just kind of keep things a little condensed, and I think that we can just start our own version of Jerry Springer. Okay. Giving relationship advice when it's most needed. Oh, Okay. Are you about to just turn this into my brother, my brother and me, and you just have a bunch of fucking Yahoo questions about dating? I don't. I'm actually on the relationship advice subreddit. Okay. And I picked out some of the choice ones. And mostly, I just want to hear, I want to get your expert relationship advice. Because, you know, you're a family man. You go to Los Angeles on Valentine's Day by yourself. <laughs> I don't know, man. Gazi says make a movie about a T-Rex fighting an alien. We could just, like, we could do that. We could or, throw that in there. Uh, also, what if the T-Rex, in all of these situations, it's the T-Rex means male and alien means female? Yes. Or it's just really about a T-Rex and an alien who are just down to fucking. Yeah. But the T-Rex, <laughs> the T-Rex just wants more, man, and he's not sure how to tell the alien about it. Wanting more more sex? No, no, more to the relationship, but more sex, yes. Actually, the alien wants more sex. I really enjoy, I don't know why my mind heard the phrase, but more sex, as the fanciest businessman of all time. (laughs) Hello, my name is but more sex. 
Yes, I am but more six at your service. At your sex Okay, um, in this, if if the T-Rex wants more, and the, is the alien just, has, have they talked about this before, or? No, never. Oh, I'm gonna uh, read my relationship advice, so. Okay, go, oh wait, do you have this actually out? Like, is is there an answer for what this T-Rex needs to do? No, I've got three prompts that I want to read you. If we go over, we can talk about the T-Rex. Okay, <laughs> we'll get back to your relationship issues, Gurp, and fucking end more sex. Oh, Gurp is the T-Rex. Yeah, 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 which made the whacking it all the more impressive. I gotcha. Now, I just really want to get your your reactions to this. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna read the headline without any context whatsoever, and I want to take take a deep dive into this. I also do like this because I now have, I, I finally have my first hater in the world of in the world of podcasting, and it's the people who were forced to be on the other side of the room giving a talk at the same time I gave my talk, <laughs> and we were separated by a small curtain, and I'm like, oh, we'll both be loud at different points. It's okay. I even cut part of my speech to make sure that they could enjoy what they're doing. At one point, my crowd yelled, then they yelled back, so I stuck my head through the curtain. We were having fun. It was a goofy good old time. Then on their latest podcast, they fucking buried me to shit. <laughs> And we're just like, this loud, obnoxious pro wrestler disrespected us, sticking his head through his through the curtain. How dare he? He, this is not your time. And I'm like, firstly, it was. Secondly, I mean, you could have calmed down. Thirdly, it is a sex podcast. So I do like that we are now, I'm now kind of challenging them, <laughs> saying anything you can do, I can do better. My sex podcast has T-Rexes. A load of BS, better than a sex podcast. <laughs> All right, here's the first one. My fiance wants me to get circumcised before our wedding. I refuse, and it's causing huge arguments. Am I being manipulated? Um, I'm assuming this is uh, this is a man, right? Yes, this is okay. a man. They do they do uh, specify their pronouns in the uh, in the post, but I thought that. <laughs> It'd be a little well, bit easier. I don't know what you mean. <laughs> I don't know what you mean. Um, so here's here's the way you do this. So he's not circumcised right now. Not circumcised, but this 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 the fiance she wants him to get circumcised. Oh. I'll give you a little bit more. Like she wants him to get circumcised. Okay. She wants him to get. No, circumcised. stop it. I don't have advice for him. I've got advice for her though. And it might work for him as well, which is a little bit of, like, systematic desensitization. Which means you just slowly cut off a piece of the foreskin at the time. <laughs> like, just, like, maybe a tenth of an inch at first. And every week or so, you take off another tenth of an inch. Until one day he looks down and he's like, where'd my foreskin go? It's gone! Oh, man, you you don't know how painful circumcision is, do you? No, no, that's the beauty of it. Maybe by week three, he'll be like, just fucking cut it all off. It's like, please, it doesn't stop bleeding. That's the thing, Scotty. I don't know if you've ever known anybody who's had to get circumcised as an adult because of a fucking toilet lid fell on their foreskin. But I do. Blake, is this a GURP situation? Do you have a, did you fucking slam This is not a GURP situation. This is actually somebody that I know. Okay, I thought you were about to be like, I slammed my dick in the toilet. No, no, no. I, I, I was born at a very Christian hospital. They chopped that shit off <laughs> day one. I don't, I don't know, man. I don't, what the fuck? Okay, so maybe that's, that's a technique she could go, is just slam his dick. Into a oh, toilet until he is yeah. a medical situation. He has to get it. So if he, you okay. smash it bad enough, then it has to come off. Now let's go back to the beginning though, because this we're trying to help him, not help mm -hmm. her. Does he want to get circumcised or absolutely not? I don't it's not okay. It's not really a like it's not a religious thing. It's not like it's not a personal thing. It's just he doesn't want to cut his 
body off. He kind of, you know what? He wants control over what he does with his body is kind of the thing. So Frank in the chat does says compromise gets to keep his foreskin, but in a frame or give it to a leather worker and let the leather worker do something nice with it. You know, he could always just tape it back. Now, wait, don't get ahead of me now. <laughs> because I want you to remember the ultimate dad pant of all time, which is around like the mid 2000s. They had those long khakis that you could zip off at the knees and turn them into shorts. You do that, but with your foreskin. So if it's a little chilly out, you zip on the foreskin. But then if she's wanting to go, unzip, there you go, ready to play. And it makes it so much easier to clean. It's so <laughs> Add that zipper on there, baby. Just it's so the much easier. You know what? We live in 2020. It's Velcro, man. Put some Velcro no. on that bad boy. <laughs> no. <laughs> you, you stand up too fast. If it does get caught in your zipper, you hear that little rip of Velcro. And it's just like, ah, oh, damn it. No, 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 no. I prefer, I prefer that the zipper of your pants gets stuck with the zipper of your dick. And now it's got a real twisting situation going on in there. Uh, hey, Bob. Bob, you gotta, you gotta, uh, you got. oh, my foreskin's caught my zipper again. Hold on, let me fix that. There's just no good, there's not, there's no good situation here. There's no good, like, just be like, no, I don't, I don't want my dick cut. But like, if it's, I don't, I don't care. Like, really, what, this does get to the point where we do get to the update on what happened. Okay, thank you. Thank you. This is what I need. Okay. Essentially, she threatened to cut it off herself, and he decided to stop the engagement. Okay, I was gonna say, it's either gonna go that way, because, like, part of me is, like, if it's just a, oh, no, is it gonna hurt thing, I don't know what it's like to be circumcised, but I have to assume similar. It's just, like, the same situation, just with less foreskin. I don't think it's worse on me. <laughs> from, from, uh... My buddy who did get the toilet smashed on his foreskin. I think he was, like, in high school when this happened. Jesus! And they had, they did just have to just fully cut the thing off. And he said it was the worst pain he'd ever experienced. Okay. And it was the longest recovery time he'd ever experienced. Was about because having... it took months for it not to hurt. Are you... It, hold on. Is this from the circumcision or from the dick smash? From them feel, having to cut it off because of how long it takes to heal. Oh, okay. I feel like this is the argument that he needed to bring to the table. It is also... And I'm kind of sad that I won't ever get to experience this, but supposedly your foreskin has the most of any part of your body like the most nerve endings. Ah! Which is which is why the you know, you know how it's so it's pleasurable ah! enough to get that touch on the D. Now just imagine there's a whole hood worth of those pleasure points. <laughs> like Batman, a cowl, if you will. <laughs> yes. You just put that over. But that's the thing, if they cut it off, it's all of those bad boys screaming at once. Oh no. Okay, I think we've helped this person, so let's move on to the next one. <laughs> Fuck, I forgot this was the other one. My best friend, me, a 32-age male, my best friend, 30 female, asked if I would be her sperm donor for her surrogate. I am in love with her, but she has no idea. Oh, <laughs> This fucking sucks! This sucks! <laughs> So much. I hold on. Is there additional? Like, is she a lesbian? Is there like what's the additional info here? Okay, the the additional info I'll give you is they have been friends for a very. They have known each other since like childhood, and they have been the best of friends for a long time. But they've never they never took the plunge into relationships. He's never talked about it with her, and he doesn't know how she feels. And one day, like she she's thirty, she wants to be a mom. She's afraid that she'll never find Mister Right, and she's asking him because she trusts him the most of anybody to be her sperm donor. I mean, no pun intended, but shoot your shot, brother. Shoot your shot before this goes all the way. Because, like, I now feel wait, like wait, how do you want him to shoot his shot? 
Because the, that could be taken a few different ways. Into the cup provided by the doctor. <laughs> no, I, I feel like of all moments, if assuming she is a heterosexual, single, female, she's clearly interested in him on a genetic level because she's like, you'd make a good baby with me. Oh, so, like, so you're just <laughs> saying like, hey, listen, Tammy, I know you want me to be the father of your baby but can we just skip the cup <laughs> no i know you want me to be the father of your baby but can i be your daddy <laughs> <laughs> i got a spit take i got a spit take to play tanner yeah <laughs> you motherfucker <laughs> I don't know if you've ever gotten to enjoy the build-up to a spit take, but as I started making the joke, I saw you pick up your bottle of water, and I was so excited. I was like, it's coming! It's happening! <laughs> oh, shit. Yeah, no, dude. Uh, listen, I'm, I don't want to be your baby daddy. I want to be your daddy. I feel. I just feel like, like this is the ultimate moment to go all out with it. I feel like this is the moment you need to lay all the cards on the table and be like, can we try? Because I really like you and I really want to... Like, as a man who was very friend-zoned a lot, none of them knew I was friend-zoned because I never tried to make the leap. You gotta try to make the leap. And here's the thing. He's in the perfect situation because there's no backtracking at this point. There's no just like... Oh no, I don't. I, I I'm not that. I'm like you wanted my 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 seed. You wanted this from me. Yeah, this is this is where I think like the friend zone doesn't exist as people try to explain it because yeah. the friend zone is not a thing that other people put you in. It is something you put yourself in. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's like because I've been <laughs> there before. Do you know how many times like years later people have been like, man, I really thought that we could have like had a thing, but I'm married now. Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, ah, we still talk regularly. That's why I had to lay all my, I just lay all the cards out on the table now. Well, not now, I'm married, but like beforehand, (laughs) it was straight up just like, Well, that's why you're married now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Just being like, I know it's date, or I know it's our first time hanging out in five years. Dick? And then, yes, okay. And then baby, and then yes. Yeah. Just lay the cards out on the table at this point, because the only person who's friend zoning you is you. And at this point, he has the perfect situation because it's a moment of like a lot of people, including myself, are like, I don't want to make it awkward because I like how much of a friendship we have. She cannot end the friendship because at this point it's full on. Can I have your cum? Can we date? Oh, no, that's weird. We can't be friends anymore. You asked for my jizz. We're even now. We've both said our weird piece on the table. Let's you go wanted, to the doctor. You wanted, you wanted my product as a part <laughs> of you. Like, you wanted to meld our two beings. You wanted my baby. Let me just skip some paperwork. Yeah, like, there's nothing else worse than either of us could ask of the other right now. Is there, please tell me there's an update, like a positive update. I there is sh- an update. I'm scared. <laughs> um, the consensus between everybody in the thread was, just fucking tell her, dude, Jesus Christ. Um, which he did. Yeah. And as he did, he laid his all his cards out on the table. And she started crying because she felt the same way about him, but she couldn't do it. I'm charging up on love! Fuck yeah! And, oh. um... They decided to hold off on having a kid because they wanted to focus on their relationship. Mmm! I love it! So juicy! I love this! And, um, I mean, that was that was almost a year ago, but, um, I can only assume that it's going pretty well because I find that some a lot of the best relationships are the ones you have with friends. I know, right, Blake? I know, buddy. Hey, buddy. Okay, I can't what's, wait what's... to see you Saturday. <laughs> what's our third? What's our third one? What's our third problem? Um. Okay, this one. This one is a little different. Okay. 
I, 28 male, think my girlfriend, 26 female, has been using my gym socks to wipe after going to the bathroom. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> Can't help you. Can't help you. <laughs> I was I was straight up about to be like, all right, Valentine's Day, mood lighting. Oh, no, that's not good. That's not mood lighting it up for the for the listeners. I'm sorry you can't see the fact that I just turned into a demon for this bit. <laughs> the only reason I can see you now is because you've got such a pale complexion. Fuck you! Okay, is there additional info here or Okay. The uh the summed up version in two sentences is found my gym socks in the garbage covered in poop. Asked my girlfriend about it, and she started yelling at me and crying and left. Here's what I think happened. I think, firstly, embarrassment is why that happened. A lot of that. Definitely a lot of that. Yes. I'm feeling that one. Because she's getting called out for doing a very nasty thing. But I feel like he would understand in this kind of relationship. They've probably been together an amount of time. Didn't have no toilet paper. Ran out of it, wiped the duke with a sock, and then promptly threw it out. I when I read that when I heard the headline, I was full on like, "This is the ultimate vengeance play right now." I like this, but now like, that no, I'm he here, he found them in the garbage. So yeah, so no, I think this is straight up a situation of she was in a bathroom, had no toilet paper, really had to get it done. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> no, I'm sorry, Frank just goes okay, but here's the thing. It said socks, plural. How many socks have been ruined by this woman? Because if, if it's a one-time incident, it's a funny story for their relationship. If, it is a, if she's a multiple-time sock defiler, that's when this situation gets bad. It's like, I, I know you prefer the feeling of cotton to toilet paper, but yes. socks expensive. I, I think it was a one-time deal. It, and was I think it was a one-time deal is by the, the details that were given. So, also, he, he gives a list. Okay, so I'm trying to narrow things down. We don't have any pets. We don't have any kids. Whose poop was on my sock? It's, it's hers. It's hers. The women can shit. This is 2020. <laughs> Unless, of course, of course, what if he just forgot about it? Are you tell you saying he got real fucking drunk? Yeah, shat just- on his socks and then put him outside. Secret pooper. Secret. <laughs> what if he's a secret pooper? Or they could have somebody living in their house that they don't know about in the attic. Gerp. Gerp. <laughs> Gerp lives in an attic. Yeah, exactly. Shit, dude. Uh, fuck uh, there's just nothing that is there an update because I want to know. I have to assume I know the end of this mystery. Um, they talked about it and she was really embarrassed, but they seem to have have it worked out. Okay, well, that's good. That's real sweet, I guess. Just like, yeah, I shit in your socks. I'm sorry. She apparently has a very big, like, a phobia of getting poop on her hands, which is another thing that I understand. As somebody who, on his own, has a phobia where I can't stand in a shower with my feet touching the tile. So oh, wear... that's yeah, that's right. I have to assume, yeah, because you used uh, like flip flops whenever we would go to the the gym and the uh, at the rec. Yeah, well, yeah, that was mostly just so I didn't get athlete's foot, but also because of that problem. Oh, so wait, what's your technique? Do you like levitate when you're taking a shower? No, I just wear flip flops. Oh, okay. Oh, that's right. I forget people can put like mats down in showers. <laughs> yes. Oops. I've Oops. got very grippy flips. Yeah. <laughs> and also, like, when it comes to time, like, I could just, like, prop myself up, pull my foot out of the flip-flop, wash it, <laughs> slide that bad boy back in. I'm sorry. No, I'm, I'm, it's not that I'm ignoring you, but Frank in chat did say, Socks are porous! The poo still gets on your hands! And in my opinion, did she Mr. Socko it? Like, did she put her hand through to scrape? Because that's worse to me. Because, like, with toilet paper, I have enough slices between my hand to know that, okay, I'm not holding it. This is so close that I'm like, I am I have shit in my hand. It's like, like I, full I on. can feel it. <laughs> I can feel this. It's like, I know what I'm doing. I can get up in there if I need, if I've got a sock on. 
I mean, you we could always just start making shit gloves, and you just wipe up with it, and then shit you lock gloves. <laughs> That's shit. our pitch this week: shit gloves, <laughs> shit gloves, yeah, yeah. yeah. They are only one use and horrible for the planet. I actually, hold on, if we're going to do quick pitches, which we do need, like, son of a pitch is our new segment. Uh, I did come up with a quick pitch going to all the shitty parties with loud-ass music in Los Angeles. And that is a set of, like, earbuds you can carry with you, put them in your ears, and there's, like, a little stick microphone. You take them, connect them to somebody else, and now you can only hear each other. It's a party where you can completely get rid of all the shit on the outside and all you hear is each other. Yeah, that would be, that is a great idea, except I do see one flaw where if we both have connecting earbuds in a, like, at a party, it will just be me constantly asking if we can go home. Or go to the bathroom. It's like... Scotty, can we just go to the bathroom? I need to. I need to borrow your socks. I mean, no. <laughs> I mean, they can disconnect. You can like everyone. Actually, it could be like one of those silent discos. Have you seen those? It's where a bunch of psychopaths are in a room dancing, and there's no music. It's all in the headphones. And if you want to talk to somebody, literally just plug out of that and plug into them, and then it works. And you could have like three plugs. That way, you could have a four-person conversation. <laughs> That's good. You can have your own silent disco four-way. Exactly. But Blake Tanner, I do have a question, and that's what was awesome this week. I broke into um that barrel of whiskey that you gave me. Yep. After letting it sit for another month. So that's what two months it's been aging now. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's almost there. Oh, it's so fucking smooth right now. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. I gave Michael a taste. It was actually Valentine's Day after I got back from, like, I spent Valentine's Day with the cast of the show that I'm in because we were all single and commiserating together. <laughs> um, yeah. And so uh, after we got back, uh, I popped that bad boy open and Michael had just gotten back and we shared a glass of that whiskey and it was so fucking good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yes, Moon Whiskey is awesome this week. Uh, okay, good. I've got my barrels behind me, one of which is actual BS Moon Whiskey. One batch turned out terribly, so I just mixed it with straight moonshine, and I'm aging that one again in a barrel that I soaked in sweet tea. So it's going to be real horny, whatever the fuck this is. And then the other the other barrel is legitimately every whiskey I had that I didn't like that much. and I just threw it in a big-ass barrel, hoping it would make something good. Oh, shit. All right. And, Blake, my I just thing. saw you pick it up, yeah. My thing that's awesome this week. Hold on, let me just get it get it all together. Get my pieces all put. Oh, that's good. Oh, yes. He's, he's lit up a lightsaber. Oh, baby, you can hear it doing its little thingies. It's so, I just hit it on the ceiling and... What? Oh, it, it just disconnected somehow from the hill. That wasn't good. But yeah, I went to Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland, and holy shit, I immediately, because we weren't sure if we were going to do it when we went to Orlando, I immediately messaged you and said, no, nah, we fucking are, because I cried, and I will say that as a man. I walked in to Batu and just started looking around like... Okay, this is cool. This is cool, I guess. And then when you do the Millennium Falcon ride, you walk into the chess room and you see people like taking and I'm like bawling at that point too. And I just literally spent an hour walking around it. It is so gorgeous. And like stormtroopers walk by, it'll fuck with you. One of them looked up to me and I was just purposefully acting shifty around them every time they came around. What are you doing on that data pad? Uh, nothing. Nothing, motherfucker. What are you going to do about it? And everyone is so good at, like, staying in character and not really... Like, people would come over and tell us about the history of Batu and the fact that Bright Suns means hello to the Spire means till the next time I see you. Like, it's got so much cool shit in it. Blue milk is fucking delicious. I don't know if you've ever sampled it, but blue milk is very good. And August Cantina is legitimately 
like stepping into the to the Masaisley Cantina. It's just real sketchy and weird, and the drinks are fucking weird as hell. I'm not even gonna lie. The fuzzy tauntaun makes your mouth feel something. I don't know how to describe it. It's like numb. It's bitter. It, it's some. It's a lot. It's a lot of shit, dude. Neat. And then I did build a motherfucking lightsaber. Thanks to the donations of all the lovely people at code-fee, ko-fi.com slash scottymo, you raised enough money, you crazy bastards, for me to build my own lightsaber, and there was a child there from the First Order, and I had just seen Jojo Rabbit, and it fucked with me a little bit, but the entire... I can't wait to watch you do it, because as emotional as I got... You're gonna cry. <laughs> You're gonna fucking double over. It is such a good experience. It was easily the highlight of my Los Angeles trip. If you have the opportunity, go to Galaxy's Edge. It's phenomenal. Then I'm gonna get a bloody rancor if they have it. Yeah. There you go. That's how you end it. <laughs> With your weed and your fucking lightsaber. <laughs> so... Blakey T, it's been a week. Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at Blake A. Tanner on the Twitter. You can find me at the Darkroom Vidya, V-I-D-Y-A, on YouTube. And you can find me here on the BS Podcast Network on all of the podcasts that I'm a part of. And that is this one right here, a load of BS. It is Fight Boys every week whenever we do it. And, of course, I am a voice actor on Deviant. Oh, you finally remembered it. I'm so proud of you. I remembered. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at Scotty Mo. S-C-O-T-T-Y-E-M-O. Buy all my books on Amazon and check out all the B- other BS Network programs, including Deviant, online at a load of your BS.com. Special thanks to Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes for our theme song, Ric Flair, from their album, Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes. Uh, check out their new single that released, Caveman. Uh, it was just last week, I think. It was, and it's really fucking good. I can't wait to hear it. Is, what's, it's Battle, not Battle Scars, what's the name of the other song? Because it's a, literally a two-part single release that they're doing, and I think the music video works for both songs. It's really cool. Oh, neat. I, I can't remember what the name is now. Battle Weapons, maybe? Just check out Tom McGuire and the Brass Holes. They're amazing. And remember to support them, pick up their albums, and support us, whether that be on Patreon, picking up some merch, or most importantly, going to iTunes. Frank, I see you in chat. Go to iTunes, leave us five stars on there, motherfucker, and tell a friend who loves BS to check out a load of BS. And remember, until next time, to find Blake and me on Twitter at a load of pure BS, except no substitutes, and we will see you next week!